Hello, everybody, and welcome in to one final Pig Pod here for the year 2023. I'm your host, Sam Jelinek, play-by-play voice of the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs as we wrap up what was a pretty special 2023 season and year here at Coca-Cola Park and for the entirety of the Lehigh Valley. So thanks for joining us one final time before we send it off into 2024. Obviously, it was a great year for the Pigs overall. You know, it had so many great moments out of the ballpark, both on the field, off the field, leading minor league baseball in attendance again, team getting 80 wins, their most and good couple of years and getting to that 80 win plateau is no easy feat no small feat in a minor league season so it was awesome to see what the pigs were able to do in 2023 and look forward to see what they'll be able to do in 2024 and that will be a good segue into our guest here on today's podcast and that's iron pigs and phillies pitcher tyler phillips tyler figures to be a pretty key part of the Iron Pigs rotation in 2024. He was a minor league free agent uh, going into this offseason, but signed pretty quickly, re-signed with the Phillies pretty quickly, and he has an invite to Major League Spring Training, and it looks like he'll you know be a part of the Iron Pigs rotation as he was during the latter half of the 2023 season when he threw really, really well for the Iron Pigs. Now, Tyler's somebody who I talked to quite a deal during the season, during that second half. Just a great guy to pick his mind as far as pitching goes. You can talk with him for hours on end about his pitching, about his backstory, about how he approaches the game. And it's just a very overall, very thoughtful uh, individual when it comes to the game, very cerebral about it, but tries not to really outthink himself and is just makes for a very interesting conversation. If you don't know, Tyler was drafted by the Rangers at a high school. He grew up here in the uh, Mid-Atlantic region, uh, down in New Jersey. He played baseball growing up in uh, Flemington at Diamond Nation, if you're familiar with it. Got drafted by the Rangers, uh, made his way up to AA and AAA with the Rangers, where he was put on the 40-man roster, but then DFA'd and eventually claimed by the Phillies, who then, once Tyler needed to get Tommy John surgery, they released him and immediately re-signed him. Uh, He pitched his first full year back from Tommy John this past year, where he pitched exceptionally well. I became a minor league free agent and re-signed with the Phillies. So to hear a little bit more about uh, who Tyler is, how he operates on the mound, and just kind of some of the funny backstories that you can find in baseball, I'll step aside and welcome our guest here on today's Pig Pod. It's Tyler Phillips. You got your debut with the Iron Pigs here in the second half of the season of 2023. And I personally, I, I loved what I saw. I don't know about you, but uh, I, it seemed like for somebody who was coming off of a Tommy John surgery, your 2023 season was kind of atypical of what a Tommy John survivor goes through in their first year back. And the, you threw a lot and you threw really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, coming back off of it, uh, I think at my exit meeting, like the the goal for me was to get to like 75 innings and uh, <laughs> I uh, surpassed that by, by a good amount. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was just going strong. You know, I put in a lot of hard work uh, throughout the rehab process. And, uh, you know, I, I love pitching. I love baseball. I love helping my team win. And uh, I'm going to do whatever I can to go out there and do that. I hate taking myself out of the game. Like, I'll never do that. Um, so missing a year, it was it was not fun for me. But uh, when I came back, I mean, it was it had its ups and downs. Um, I'm what some people would call an unhealthy perfectionist. And uh, some of my numbers were a little skewed. Uh, over the season, I had a few blow up outings, which uh, upset me a little bit. But by the time I got to AAA, like um, I was around some really good people uh, throughout rehab, throughout my time in, in Reading. Uh, and by the time I got there, I was I was just in a really good in a really good headspace, I think. And uh, you know, not to mention the, the major league balls help a little bit with the yeah. with the new sinker. I mean, granted, I, I developed three new pitches over the year. Um, I mean, it was it was a wild it was a wild ride of a year for me. Uh, finishing with 122 innings, velocity obviously dropped a little, which uh, right now in my offseason I'm working on just staying strong. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, coming back, like you said, it, it's it's more than I could have expected, and uh, I was really really pleased with what I was able to do. I want to touch on something and drill into it uh, that you just mentioned there. You liked throwing more with the major league ball. Cause I feel like most of the times it's opposite. Cause for those who don't know, everybody in the minors from double a down uses a different baseball than triple a in the majors, which is a little bit slicker. And most guys don't like switching to that. Cause well, it's harder to grip. Why do you like it more? 
Um, so I'm not going to, I'm not very good on the whole physics side of, uh, <laughs> of the baseball. I think we've had conversations about this before. Um, the, the major league balls are wound a little bit tighter and, uh, something I noticed is the seams are a little bit bigger. Uh, so with the new sinker, it's the seam shift. It's a one, it's a one seam, just the way that the, the way that the seam cuts through the air, it grabs the right way and it, it pushes the ball down essentially making it sink better. Um, but honestly, like there's obviously that standpoint, but the other standpoint for me, uh, reason that I like it is I, my aspirations are to pitch in the major leagues. And I told people that all spring training, even if it, even if it seemed like a long shot out of, a out of rehab, I told everyone, like, I don't want to throw these minor league balls. Like, give me the major league ones. I have goals. If the whole reason I'm doing this isn't to pitch in minor leagues. I want to pitch in the major leagues. I want the major league ball. So the the one seamer, like, I don't know how most, I grasp the idea, obviously. It's basically you take a two seamer and I'm imagining you're taking off your middle finger and it's just the pointer. Or uh, both, of, both of my fingers are connected to the ball. Oh, um, but they're just on the left seam? I actually should have a ball, um, and I could show. I could show you. Give me one second. I'll grab a ball. Your standard two seam, yeah. like pretty much go across yeah. the tracks or like along the tracks there. For me, I exactly. put the fingers yeah. to, put the fingers together, yeah. and I and I make an X across yeah. the two. Exactly. And then from my arm slot, like I essentially need to throw a cutter with this, yeah. and that's just keeping my fingers on the top right corner of the ball. And the way that it's coming off my fingers from my arm slot, it's going to create the right axis for the ball for the seam to be able to catch. It's it's great. I still don't understand it. Like I, I work on it every single day. Um, I pretty much just grab it and grab it and throw it. Do you kind of like it better that you don't understand it than it is just yeah. with it? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the more like obviously you need to know things in baseball. I think. The more, the more you don't know, it's just easier to simplify things. The more you learn, like the more you learn about stuff, then you start to chase movement. You start to chase velocity, whatever it is. And uh, then you just overthink it and you're over, you're doing way too much at that point. And you said, uh, I know we talked about during the season, you ended up learning a couple of different pitches uh, this season. Did you have a process for drilling into your head, the new grips for the pitches? <laughs> um. The grips for the, the pitches themselves are, are fairly easy. I mean, yeah. the pitching coach will show you. You'll tinker with things. Um, I think the hardest part is when you're on the on the mound, yeah. and you tow the rubber, and you got to find the grip. <laughs> yeah. So, like, like I, I know that going into it. So, whenever I'm sitting there, like whether I'm playing video games or just watching TV or something. Sometimes I'll just grab the ball and I'll just flip through all my grips and yeah, and I'll just like close my eyes and say, all right splitter yeah two seam curveball like i know the curveball i know the slide well at this point i know them but it's it's hard to figure it out in your glove sometimes so that's why a lot of guys preset um yeah i mean learning all the grips and remembering where it feels right in your hand is is going to be the struggle like right now i'm in the process of developing a cutter mm-hmm. um and i know the grip i know what it feels like but it's going to take me a second yeah. to figure that out when i'm not looking at the ball did you ever kind of have an anxiety moment on the mound where you're like, does the hitter know that I'm staring into my glove? Trying to <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why you have to memorize. If, if you ever, so hitters are crazy. Like, yeah. like the game, it it's so complex and the behind the scenes of it, like so, so many people don't, don't realize like the smallest movement of your wrist, like some guys will see your muscle move a different way. Like if I, if I know three of my pitches, let's say I know the sinker, I know the curveball, and I know the slider, and I don't know the splitter grip yet. Every time I look into my glove really quick, they're going to see like, okay, he throws a splitter every time he's looked into his glove. So it's like the the littlest things, they'll just tip a pitch. Like guys are so good at finding it. Um, I remember uh, not this not this past series, but uh, two series ago, Billy's like Bryce Harper, Saul McCullers, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's easy to it's it's so easy for these guys to pick it up because we do it so much. So as a pitcher, you have to do everything exactly the same. Uh, I love talking with you just from your mindset. Like you encompass everything it is about being a pitcher. The especially mindset wise, just trying to find everything about it. Um, and we had Cal Stevenson on the podcast earlier this offseason. He's a guy who went into college. Uh, 
as a two-way guy and then very quickly dropped pitching and went just solely into hitting. When did you figure out pitching is going to be my meal ticket? You want me to send you some videos of me hitting when I was 14? <laughs> was it that bad? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just say I was growing into my body still. <laughs> Yeah, at, at that point, at that point, I just threw I threw a little bit harder than uh, I could hit the ball. So, <laughs> are, are you saying like 13, 14 or even younger? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was. I actually know exactly like the point. I was I was throwing a bullpen, and uh, my pitching coach at the time, um, he just kind of pulled me off to the side, and he said, "Like I think it was just a really good bullpen," and mm-hmm. he said, "Put his arm around me." He goes, "Yeah." I think it's about time you stop hitting. Uh, you're going to make a lot of money pitching one day. And, I, you know, like, I didn't know what to say. Like, I was like, uh, all right. I mean, money sounds cool. I like pitching. Like, I, my dad was a little bit more beat up than I was. Like, he's like, well, I just bought you a new bat. I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, so, sorry. Uh, so I just need a new glove now. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, the pitching was just always a lot better. I, I, I have a strong arm and – uh, I put a lot of time into it and like, I'll, honestly, like kudos to my dad for, for driving me to all the pitching lessons for, to have some guy tell me the same exact thing, <laughs> you know, like he, he spent the money to have a pitching coach tell me the same thing that he got. So, um, like I, I appreciate everything that, that my parents have done for me and, uh, just their support throughout my, my pitching journey. Like even in high school, like, I think the only time I ever wanted to hit again was senior year, mm-hmm. you know, like that's. Just, just that's something I, I'm not just going to show up to pitch once once a week, you know. Um, and actually, finally grew into my body a little bit there. I, I didn't have a bad season as a, as a hitter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it was 14. Okay. Uh, and, and then once, you know, you made that, even if it was more of a mental transition to like, hey, like, you know, I got to focus more on the pitching side of things as opposed to hitting – what did you kind of do even at that age to be like, this is how I can kind of fast track myself? Um, honestly, just surrounding yourself with people who have the same, the same goals and aspirations. Um, the facility that I, that I trained at, uh, is a diamond nation in Flemington. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there were some, just some really good people there, you know, like when it comes, when it gets down, when you get down to it, there's college coaches there, there's college scouts, there's professional scouts there. Um, and my pitching coach at the time, like he, he was get, putting us through like his workouts. Um, his strong suit was more the pitching side, but I don't think it necessarily mattered at that point in my life, what I was doing so much as it mattered the intent that I put into it. Um, and that's where it gets down to the people you're surrounding yourself with. I had other teammates who wanted to go on to be college athletes or professional athletes and they show up and they worked hard every day. Um, so then that's, that's the biggest thing for me is like, like just showing up every day and, and just leaving it all out there on the field. And if you show up and you don't put the work in you're just not going to progress. Um, sure enough, when I was when I was 14, you know, like it all started to pay off. And that's when I was seen by my first, my first professional scout. So, And I remember the story you told us from during the season uh, that you met that scout. What, he approached you in a dicks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I tell people it all the time. Uh, his name, his name is Takeshi Sakuriyama. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, he's a Japanese guy. He's pretty high, pretty well-respected scout from my understanding with the Rangers. Um, yeah, I was just throwing in like a random fall ball game. Like it was, I just remember it was freezing. I didn't care. It was, it was a Saturday morning. This is one of the few times I didn't necessarily care because the team we were playing against, they were younger, they were playing up. I just had to get my work in. And, uh, I was like throwing all arm, didn't have great mechanics. And I was throwing like upper eighties, like mid eighties, upper eighties at 14. And, uh, I just thought it was someone's dad. Like he kind of looked like one of my teammates. I was like, all right, that must that must be like his dad or his uncle or something. And the next day, like I'm in Dick's and this strange man comes up to me and he just says, Tyler. And I was like, <laughs> looking around, I'm like, where'd my dad go, dude? <laughs> Where, where's my dad? Like, I, uh, he goes, give me one second. I'll, I'm going to go get my card. I was like, I, I finally commented. I was like, dad, some dude just came and said he's giving me his card. And then the guy comes back with his, with his Texas Rangers card. And I was like, oh, <laughs> nice to meet you <laughs> um 
So yeah, that was actually the next day on, on Sunday. Like, I don't even know how he must've just taken some good notes on me. <laughs> yeah, no, certainly a uh, good instinct on your part, stranger danger <laughs> until, you know, it, it's not a luring you into the, into the van with candy. It's, Hey, you want to sign for a contract? <laughs> you should have started with that. Right. Yeah. I call him team money. He's the man. I, like, I have so much respect for that guy. He, he, you want to talk about someone who puts in work? He does. He, he would drive all over the place, and uh, just so happens that he saw me and Dix that day, and it all worked out. Uh, and you know the other part of your story through middle school and high school that uh, we found as an Easter egg during the season was obviously the rotation that you were a part of in high school. Uh, you, yeah. Devin Smeltzer, and uh, Zach Gallon. So as far as uh, surrounding yourself with guys with high aspirations, you. Uh, you chose a good trio. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of us, I and mean, there's one more too. Uh, Justin Hageman, he's yes. uh, he's with the he finished the season with the Woo Sox. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we just had there was some talent on the Bishop Uses baseball team. Um, Gallon kind of he's leading the way right now. Because, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're just they're just all great dudes. Like like even from a young age, like Zach, Zach intimidated me just because of how much of a competitor he is. You know, like he, he, he's never stopped showing it. He's showed it through high school. He's shown it through college and he's shown it through the major leagues, you know? Um, and he goes out and he, he does his job every time. Um, Devin, he's kind of the one that took me under his wing. Uh, I think just, he wanted the long toss. No one wanted the long toss with him. And I just, I, I saw what kind of a pitcher he was and I wanted to, I wanted to follow along in his footsteps. So I just told him, I'll do it with you. Like, I don't care. And uh, ever, ever since, like he would just give me pointers and, and advice that he would learn from scouts or whoever it may be. And uh, he, he gave me a lot of like good, good advice on how to be like a man on the pitch, on the, on the mound. Um, like something I'll never forget. Like it's, it's such a, such an easy one. Like, I think I gave up a home run one game and one of my few runs that I gave up. I'll, oh, I'll add. <laughs> but uh, I gave up a home run one day and like he's talking to me about it in the dugout in the middle of the game while I'm still pitching. And I was like, yeah, I didn't really want to throw that change up there. He goes, don't throw a pitch you don't want to throw. Throw a pitch you're convicted. And I was like, I don't even know what convicted means. <laughs> like, I, like I was like a freshman or like a sophomore. I was like, what are you talking about? And like, I, I was, I was, I was a little, uh, a little slower on the slower side in high school. So uh, I, I eventually figured out what he meant. And, uh, and a lot of the things that he told me coming up has stuck with me. And then, and Justin from his, from his side, he's just another guy that will always work hard. He's actually down here in Florida uh, working out at the same facility and same thing, just consistency in the schedule, just consistency and working hard. And uh, we continue to talk about it and we've always had each other's back through high school. And that's all the guys on the team. Everyone on my high school team is exactly the same pro ball or not i don't want to put you on the spot but uh because i remember i think you yeah you told me you had gone to one of the playoff games that smeltzer was a part of were you there for either of zach's starts against the phils this post um i missed zach's start i i did go to one of the games it was a game that nola started it was, uh, it was, I think it was like game two. Yeah. Game two. Yeah. Yeah. I was there too. Yeah. I, I missed Zach's start. I watched, I watched his start on yeah. TV, but uh, I, I unfortunately missed that one. I would have loved to make it to that yeah. one. Um, yeah. I showed up to game two in the fifth inning because of traffic. So. Oh my God. I went, I went through the same thing. I ended up parking down in center city and then we just uh, took the subway, but <laughs> yeah, I, paid a, I paid a pretty good premium to, to park right out front of a uh, chicken and Pete's. Oh my God. Right. Right in front of the door. I, I, I said, dude, I'll give you whatever you want. <laughs> and then I ran to the stadium with my child in my arms and and my and my girl following me behind. Being a <laughs> professional baseball player is glamorous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> um, so you mentioned uh, I saw some of the videos as well. You're down in Florida right now. Uh, I saw the video of you and Griff McGarry throwing a little bit. You guys mm-hmm. are working with uh, Cressy Sports Performance. Uh, Eric Cressy has become yes. a household name i think for most of us who follow pitching development uh yep. throughout all of baseball if you can just explain a little bit about you know what he does um and you know what you guys are doing yeah i mean 
so Eric, uh, I have unbelievable amount of respect for Eric and his wife, uh, and honestly, all of the staff at CSP. Um, they have been using them since junior high school. Uh, I don't even remember how I heard about them, just through the grapevine of, of baseball. But uh, since the day I came down, like it's it's always been consistency and just and just instilling accountability in the players and just work ethic. Um, when you get down, Eric will. Well, Eric or whoever you have your evaluation with, they will give you your, your in-depth evaluation. Um, I work with Eric. He writes my programs. I show up. He'll take me through his checklist that he has in his head. Like he's memorized everything to this point. Like he, he doesn't even need any, any tools to measure. Like he just knows the degrees that my arms are at or my hips are at. Um, it's just a level of knowledge that I don't know if I'll ever, I'll ever <laughs> tap into, but, uh, yeah, they'll go through the eval. Um, he'll tell me where I where I'm good at, where I'm where I have efficiencies and where I have non efficiencies. Um, we'll talk about any injuries that I may have and goals that I have for the upcoming season, and and basically he'll come up with a with a strength program based off of that. So uh, my pro- my program right now it's it's six days a week, along with most of the guys in there. So me and Griff are on a pretty similar similar routine where it's it's lower body, upper body, a movement day. And just trying to become as athletic as we can get and as explosive as we can get. And it's not going to be the same programs. Everything's personalized to you. Um, this is my first off season using his facility. Like I'm here full time. I used to do it remote. I would come down for a week and then I'd go back home. Um, so being here full time now, I'm working with the pitching staff as well. Um, and they're in contact with the Phillies or I'm in contact with the Phillies and we'll just come up with a, a plan based off of that. So at least they're going to help me with pitch design on this new cutter coming up um, whenever I start throwing bullpens in a week or two. But uh, I mean, everybody here puts in, puts in a ton of work and everybody here has a lot of knowledge about what they do. Um, and just like the little movements that you'd never expect to that just help with the baseball player overall. Uh, I know that the Phillies have worked with CSP for a while. And then, you know, Caleb Cotham, obviously on the big league uh, yeah. pitching yeah. staff is, you know, very in tune with that. And one of the big pieces of news, as far as the Olympics are concerned from the past month or so is Cesar Ramos getting promoted to be the bullpen coach for the Phillies. How kind of nice it is, is, is it for you knowing that, you know, when Cesar was your pitching coach for the pigs this past season, the, there's not a disconnect between what the triple A team is doing and what the big league staff is doing. It's, it's the same preaching all the way down. I mean, it's, it's great to see that. And uh, that's something that I think throughout my career, sometimes there's been some, some areas where it's been lacking. Um, But once I got to Lehigh, even in Reading at that point, but once I got to Lehigh, especially like you can tell that um, everybody's in contact and, and just, what Caesar, what Caesar knows, and what he's capable of teaching, like uh, I'm, I'm stoked that he made it up there. I mean, that's that's awesome for him. Um, I'm gonna miss him, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but I do know that when that time comes for me to get up there, mm-hmm. at least I, I know that there's someone <laughs> that I can definitely trust there. Uh, and you know, it's been crazy seeing the kind of development that has gone on on the pitching side of things from, you know, the entire staff this past year for the pigs doing a fantastic job to, you know, what kind of the future holds as well. Uh, what was it like for you coming from a different organization, you know, from the Rangers to the Phillies and then having the wrench thrown in of, okay, you got to go through Tommy John as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, obviously there's always going to be a place in my heart for the Rangers. Uh, just first team that I signed with, um, Coming up through the through the system, I learned so much from them. Um, but uh, you know, my my time my time came up with them. You know, uh, we're trying to accomplish some things. Um, this was back in the back in the time where the fourteen fastball was was the thing to do. You know, like it, I think it was 2019, 2018, 2019, Verlander, Garrett Cole, they were they were like the household name. Like that's who you have to be. Um, you know, I, I just wasn't I wasn't able to do what the Rangers were asking me to. And uh, I had a lot, of, a lot of other things in my mind. I had a baby on the way. And uh, there's just a lot, I think, that contributed to my seasons not being as consistent as they had been before. So uh, 
being DFA'd, it wasn't, it wasn't a fun process, but, uh, when that day came, like you have to look at it as best you can. And I just called my friends. I was like, Hey, maybe I'll be a Philly just messing around. I didn't think anyone from the Phillies had seen me pitch or had interest in me, but it goes to show that there's eyes everywhere. Um, Sure enough, I got the call that the Phillies were picking me up on the 10th. On, it took me 10 days to go through that process, and I was punching the air, man. I was like, oh, let's go. <laughs> uh, I called everyone. Um, and uh, for my own, like, emotional reasons, like, I, I love it. I mean, I grew up a Philly fan. It's, it's, as much as I always used to tell people, like, uh, like, like oh, who, what team you want to be with? Oh, the one that pays me. No, I want to be with the Phillies. <laughs> like that's that's what's that's what's cool to me. I mean, I, I grew up going to every game. I went I went to the vet when I was a kid. Like my my first my first game, I fell in love with it. Um, and just getting over there, everybody made me feel welcome. The communication was on point. Um, they know they kind of had an understanding. That I've been around the game for a while, so it was hey, just do what you need to do to be to be Tyler Phillips. And uh, and that hasn't changed since I've been here. Um, people still communicating with me really well. I like honesty. If you if you're gonna tell me something you don't think I want to hear, I'm not gonna cry about it. Like I'm I'm a big boy. Um, and you know, and when the Tommy John happened, unfortunately, I had to I had to be DFA'd, which led to a release because I was injured. They told me straight up, like, yeah, I mean, this is just the cards that you were dealt, man. It's the only move that makes sense for us. I said I get it, uh, and they signed me back. Um, and that kind of put me in good graces with the Phillies. You know, um, they're, they're people of their word. I understand that they have jobs, but uh, at, at the end of the day, like I was, I was super excited to be back and uh, super excited to be back again after I just resigned. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it, I think it's, it's, it's been phenomenal since I've been here and I, I love every bit of it from the coaching standpoint and from my emotional standpoint. Uh, I was going to bring it up eventually at some point that obviously, you know, we're talking to you because, you know, we envision you are either going to be with us or the Phils here for the upcoming season because you resigned. Uh, that mm-hmm. was the first time that you were going into true minor league free agency versus, yeah. you know, what you went through with the DFA process and then yeah. the release because of the injury. What was it like this time? Because most guys don't make a decision as quick as you did. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, kind of scary i mean like i knew that like i i knew that i had a i didn't know but i felt like i had a good enough season yeah. where where somebody had seen me if the phillies weren't interested i was like i got my velocity was up early on like i had a few few good outings like someone will have to take me um but i mean there was there was i had a lot of talks with uh with a lot of the front office uh i had a lot of talks with ac towards the end of the season, just about how I feel about the Phillies. And I could kind of sense where they were getting, getting at with that. And I had nothing but great things to say, you know, like, like I said, this is where I want to be. Uh, like my, I, I ultimately want to bring a world help. I want to contribute, bring a world series to the city of Philadelphia. I mean, I, I know how crazy you can get. I'm, I'm a fan. I went to the Eagles parade. I went to the Eagles tailgates. I know what Phillies games are like. I went to all those. Like I told my agent, because there was interest from from Japan as well, and interest from other teams. Um, I told him, like, dude, this is where I want to be. This is where I feel comfortable. This is I feel valued here. And uh, if we can, like, I, I had an offer pretty quickly because the Phillies have dibs on me, and I I kept telling, him, I was like, dude, it, like, I trust I trust the agency. Please, please don't mess this up. Like, I want to be in Philly. Um, and and they, they they everybody came to an agreement. They did a great job, and the and the Phillies did a great job communicating. And uh, I'm just happy. I'm just super happy to be back. Now that I know that your Philly sports roots go all the way back to actually even going to the vet, do you have a core Philadelphia sports memory? Um, I have so many memories of Philadelphia sports. Uh, just the first one that popped in my head though is uh. I think it was like I was like my nine my nine year old like Babe Ruth team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what strings had to be pulled. I don't know what we did, but we got on the field uh, in my first Phillies hat. I have it signed by Randy Wolf. I still have it. And, oh, that's um, a great name. Yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, like there were so there was just so many good names there. <laughs> like <laughs> like just just watching the guys. Like I used to come to spring trainings. I used to go to the 
Phillies games whenever my dad would have a, whenever his friend couldn't make it because they had season tickets. It wasn't for me, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, there's just so many memories of, from the drunk band sitting in front of me, just giving giving the outfielders hell because we sat right in right field and in that little home run alley. Yep. Uh, I mean, yeah, the the vet was by far my favorite. Like we went to plenty of Eagles games, but I got the vet and Citizens Bank. Like you can't really beat that. You know, it's just good atmosphere all around. Has it been a little bit of a mission of yours to try to explain, especially being in the AAA clubhouse, to guys what it is like, you know, being a part of the Philadelphia community and knowing what it means to be a fan of this organization? um i don't really think i could say a lot of things that i would say about (laughs) philly fans but uh i I think it goes i think it goes like how how the eagles are saying like no one likes us we don't care you know (laughs) like like, uh i mean guys know i i still don't even understand like i am a fan but i don't know what it's going to be like until i get out there you know um i try to i try to tell people like dude listen even if you don't do well and they boo you, they still love you. Like it doesn't make sense, but like, you, like you better go and compete. As long as you're going to be a competitor, like they're going to love you. If you leave it all out there for the city, they're going to love you. Like obviously Bryce Harper is a dog. Like he goes out and, and does what he needs to do every single time. But he also, he, he cares about the city and that's where people are going to get their respect for you. And, and I hope guys understand. And I think it's, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty easy to see that. Yeah, now especially the past couple of years, I think, you know, people have seen it on TV enough that they know they're an angel. Because I remember talking to Weston Wilson when on opening day for us last year, he's like, yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to sign here was because, I mean, I watched the postseason run. I was like, this is sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's if that doesn't sell you on a team, I don't know what does. I think I think everyone sees that. I mean, look at look at the people that the Phillies have signed. And I think that's a huge factor going into that. I mean, you you got team, a team that's competing a team whose fan base is competing for them. Like it doesn't get better than that. That's, that's like the stage you want to be on. And that's ultimately like really why I want to resign, especially after I went to a playoff game this year, I was like, this is, this is it, man. Like I, I'll throw 120 if I go out there right now, I'm not even, I haven't, I haven't thrown a ball for a month. And if you put me on that mound, I'd throw it, I'd throw it 120. I was fired up. Do you have a memory of the first time that you played on a field or in front of a crowd that made you feel like that? Um, I mean, at rookie ball, there was no fans there. I mean, that yeah. was in, that was in the Arizona league, <laughs> but uh, I think short season. I mean, Spokane. I played in Spokane. That's where my short season that. was. Yeah, the Spokane Indians, they they get some really good crowds. Those people, they they love their baseball there. You would never guess it. I, yeah. I, I rolled in there. I've been to Washington State before. I've been to Idaho before. It's kind of right on that line. I was not expecting that. Like, they, they put the time, they put the effort in. Um, and the fans, they show out every single night. And uh, I think, like, the like really the first time that I, like I had some serious appreciation for the fans was, like, when we, when we like, clinched the playoffs mm-hmm. um like everybody stayed there like nobody oh, that's left awesome. nobody left we're sitting there celebrating we're really we're popping bottles like even when we went inside and had our little celebration we came outside people are still there we're like there's no encore like we're, <laughs> I, I would like we don't even have any more pitching to throw another <laughs> another inning like you guys gotta go home <laughs> we're trying to, um but yeah i mean i think that was a, the first time and that that compares nothing to it doesn't compare at all to how it is as you continue to go up. Um, I mean, especially in Philly, you know, yeah. like in, in Reading alone, like the people in Reading, they show out. People in Lehigh, they show out. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a lot on the, that's a lot on the staff members there. I know you guys put in a lot of work. Um, it's not we just try. the players. We try. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I know uh, one yeah. of the things for you in talking about Spokane is that, you know, that's where you win. Uh, very shortly after you were drafted, you know, you were 18, 19 when you were doing that. Have you like at any point kind of reflected back on who you were then versus now? Cause, cause I know the high school draftee is not rarer anymore, but at least in your case, a high school draftee who wasn't a first round pick. 
a lot yeah. of times, you know, most guys get drafted that late. They're like, okay, I'll go to college, and then maybe they end up not getting drafted again. But you said, let's mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, I mean, I knew I wanted to play baseball. I mean, yeah. like, that's that's really the main reason that I signed. Like, uh, my grade, I messed around in high school way too much, didn't apply myself, kind of thought that my – my weak little fastball was going to carry me through the rest <laughs> of my life. Uh, little did I know that there was people all over the place throwing 95 plus and 89, 91 wasn't going to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I signed at 17. I didn't sign. My mom had to sign my contract for me because <laughs> I was 17. Um, I, I was a co-sign on my contract. Oh my pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, I got the short season as an 18 year old. And uh, I think that the strangest part is short season was mostly college guys. Yeah. Um, and you're looking at guys who are ranging from, uh, say, 21 to 20. There's some 25 year olds there, you know. And I'm 18. I'm a skinny little kid. I had talent, but like it, I needed to work a lot harder. Is basically what I what I need. What I'm getting at, like I needed to put in a lot of the extra time, and that's something that the Rangers instilled in me. Is it's like you can't just do. You can't do the bare minimum. You can't do what's expected of you. You have to do more if you want to succeed. And uh, that's something that I'll always, I'll always stand true. My pitching coordinator at the time, um, he would go on rants with us. And <laughs> and something that I'll always tell everyone is like, talent, talent is never enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a lot of us, whether it's baseball or, or football or math, whatever it is, like, like you can have all the talent in the world, your God-given talent, but you're going to have to put effort in and the work and to hone in on that talent and make it as best as you can make it so uh yeah it was definitely it was definitely strange for me being being 18 playing with these older guys uh didn't really mesh with them very well like a lot of them they're talking politics and stuff and they're talking about <laughs> so I'm like dude I, I just want to talk about like the latest call of duty man like <laughs> like like what are, you, what are you guys talking about um yeah, I mean, I learned a lot. Um, it wasn't it wasn't great for me early on. Like, I, I think I might have been in my highest season ERA was in in short season my first year. I had like six five, I think, and uh, there was a lot of learning that I had to do from there. I went straight to low A after that year, and, and it didn't go well. Um, I'm not going to take all the blame on that because the, the Rangers were making us do a fastball only first time through the order. That um, to learn fastball, do it. <laughs> yeah, to learn fastball command, and once uh. Once hitters figure that one out, then you're in a little bit of trouble. Um, but I do give them credit for that because you have to know how to get guys out in the zone. Um, but anyway, I got sent down after that. I was back in short season with a with a group my age again, and, and uh, you just you just see it from both sides, and and that's where you start to make adjustments in yourself. So I see it from an older perspective, I see it from a younger perspective, and then I can just fit in right in the middle, and uh, that's that's really where you become a good teammate. I think. It kind of leads into my next question here that, like, I just noticed in your past couple of answers, you're very self-realized as far as kind of like who you are in both as a person and as a pitcher. Uh, but it kind of sounds like from the way you describe it, that it wasn't always that way that, you know, you thought you were, you know, a 17 year old high school phenom throwing 89, 90. You think you're on top of the world. Yeah. Was there a moment where it, you know, it, it did flip for that? And you're like, okay, you know what? I got to reprogram. <laughs> Um, honestly, it took me some time to fail in, in yeah. pro ball too. Like, like, uh, well, once you start failing, like that's when you got to do it. Like yeah. your, your career is flashing before your eyes. You don't even know why like, you have one bad game. You're like, Oh my God, they're going to get rid of me. Um, but I mean, my rookie ball, I did really well. Like I, I, I think I had like 13 appearances. Actually, I was actually the closer and, and, <laughs> In the AZL, it was crazy. I was throwing 88, and I was the closer. They are playing Enter Sandman. I was, like, embarrassed running out to the mound. I was like, why are they playing this, man? This should be retired. Um, but they, they were intrigued by the amount of strikes that I threw, and uh, I showed up to spring, and uh, they told me, like, yeah, you're going to be a starter. It's like, perfect. That's what I want to do. And uh, that's where I get to the point where I was talking about earlier, where, like, you can't do the bare minimum. Um my coaches, my coordinators were uh, were a little bit more on the old school side. Um, Southern men, so they they were they were working with fear a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm not going to complain about that. Like I, that's how my dad operates. But uh, 
I've, I've had my fair, fair share of threats thrown at me um, when it comes to my career. And they're like, do you even want to be here? Like, do you want us to like get rid of you right now? Because we will, you're not doing extra work. You're not doing this. You're not, you're not doing that. You don't want to go do extra running. I was like, not really, but I will, I will. Um, <laughs> but the thing that like stood out to me is like, once I bought into that um, and I, and I realized there's big leaguers that do that, that's like, it started to pay off. You know, it's, it's just a process. All, like when you get down to it, it's, it's all just how many days in a row can you do, can you do a little bit extra? Doesn't it's just 1% better. Like everyone says 1% better each day. And you'll, you'll notice changes over time. Um, and once I bought into that and I, I got scared of them, <laughs> um, I, I, I appreciated it. Like it was probably things at the time I was probably calling my parents. Like, I don't like these people, man. They're being mean to me. But, but again, once I bought into it, like after a week, you see like, Oh, wow. I threw 91 this day, oh, 92. Wow, I don't feel as sore this day. And then like you, you start to like look back and, and reflect on it and you, you have a good, some, another thing they, they uh, asked us to do a lot was just have, good self-evaluations mm -hmm. like like see something good you did in the day see something bad you did in the day and then figure out how you can make an adjustment and uh that's what i ended up having to do and that's just like part of my daily routine now um so yeah, i mean i think uh i think that they the rangers helped me out a lot there and it's just being consistent yeah okay couple rapid fire questions kind of wrap it up here always because i love knowing it from a pitcher's perspective the one hitter so far in your career that you have hated to face i hate that question i don't even oh i don't even know it's hard for me to rapid fire there um i, I did have, have this conversation then. i did have this conversation with someone the other day um <laughs> see i don't like this because i don't like giving hitters credit <laughs> you don't want to hitting's hard <laughs> hitting's hard but uh I will say I was throwing different at the time. This was, man, I'm trying to throw yeah. the four seams. This isn't sinker, Tyler. Um, I faced Josh Jung a lot during the mm. during the alternate side, yeah. during, during the shutdown. Couldn't get him out. Didn't okay, matter. But, but the thing is, that's a perfectly acceptable guy to say. is like, very, like that, that's ah. Josh Young. <laughs> I love Josh, but I'll face him now. I'll face him now. We'll see. We'll see. I'll give it a shot again. I'll give uh, it a shot again. He had my number then, though. What's uh, if you can remember it? What's like your one favorite pitch you've thrown that you were like, that was nasty. Like in a game, my yeah. like not like a pitch in general. My favorite pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I have a lot. I, mean, I have a lot, but there's one. It was like in a in like an extended spring training game. My curveball is pretty. It's a pretty yeah. good pitch. Like I don't throw it much because it doesn't it doesn't mesh well with what I do. But I threw this curveball, and there's a young dude with the White Sox, and he swung so hard. I promise you, was his helmet spun around. I mean, it looked like a it looked like a move. I don't even know how. Like I needed a smaller helmet, but it spun <laughs> around on his head, and it finished on his head like that. Oh my god. And, and he spun in his shoes, and I didn't even notice. It was like it was like I think it was like a one-two count. Like it was just it became the second strike. And I looked at my third baseman. Uh, his name was Xavier, and it, he's just crying, like he's actually crying, laughing on the ground in a game. <laughs> and he looked at me. He goes, "You gotta throw that again, man." And sure enough, I threw it again, and the kid struck out. So, uh, oh my god, that's when I, that's when I put some trust into the curveball. <laughs> okay, and then the final one is. What teammate from this past year with the Pigs would you be okay with being stranded on a desert island with? Huh. <laughs> um, I know, oh very gosh. random. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough one. I'm trying to I'm trying to think like because my time there wasn't like it wasn't there that long to like really know guys' interests. Yeah. Because obviously you want to pick someone who knows what they're doing. Like yeah. I, I, it's not really at well, this point. I'll, it's not... I'll, I'll let you pick somebody from Reading because more likely than not, they're going to be with the pigs this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think from the pigs. Who was a versatile person? I don't know. 
I don't know. Cal was my Cal was next to me. I yes. enjoyed Cal's company, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I could be on an island with him. Well, I, I don't remember if I asked Cal this because Cal was actually the last person we had on the podcast. I don't remember if I asked Cal the question, but I know he did. If I did, he didn't name you. <laughs> yeah, I, why would he name me? All he th- all he thinks about me is that I'm handsome, and that's all I think <laughs> about him. We just called each other handsome every day, and we we, we were boys. Was like I like this guy. <laughs> is, is, is that what dugout conversation? Like everybody, everybody in the ballpark always has their eyes on the field and the dugout. And everybody's got to be wondering, man, wonder what these, yeah. these professional athletes are talking about. Yeah, this guy going back and forth, man. Yeah. We're handsome. <laughs> They're not missing out on much. <laughs> Those conversations uh, are not something you want to be a part of. But um, <laughs> gosh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like the locker room who was like who was around there. Like yeah, I mean, just from pure looks, I would assume Sean Anderson knows how to like spear. Ah, I do. I I do love I do love Sean. He wouldn't be a bad guy to be with because no. he he just he knows some random stuff. Yes, like we. Okay. That's a lot of the. That's a lot of the. You just gave me a good answer there. He's he's got a lot of random things because he's he he likes his nature. He likes yeah. he likes reading up on stuff. He he could definitely figure something out with the Tarzan look. I know he put yeah. me through a good workout on the beach somehow. Yeah, so I like I, that. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Sean. I like Sean. All right, and then a guy asked because you said Tarzan look, and it might have just been the way the picture was framed. But I swear I saw a picture of you. I'm pretty sure you're pitching with Frisco. Where your hair is long, but it's kind of like puffy. Yeah, I mean, it. Texas sometimes, if it was if yeah. it was hot, it, it was puffing out. Like, cause I yeah. got curly hair. Yeah, that's what I, I haven't let it grow out. It, it looks like a little perm. <laughs> yeah, I haven't let it grow out that that long in a long time. I give credit to my mom there for the for the curls. She's uh, she's I don't know. She's got this this crazy like beautiful natural perm. Yeah. She straightens it. I don't know why, but uh. I don't know. She's got this. She's got this. She's from South America, so she's got this. This great hair. She's, Seriously, she just. We're in South America. Uh, I don't know if I ever say it right. American version, Guyana. I don't know if oh, it's yeah. Guyana yeah. or. Yeah. Um, That's wild. Yeah, she's from a city or town called Georgetown. There. Huh. Um, kind of right. It's like kind of near the beach. She hasn't been back since she came over when she was eighteen, and. Uh, She's just been a trooper since working, yeah. working hard her whole life. So, <laughs> so when yeah. when you first kind of got into baseball, say a career, did she have like any understanding? No, she <laughs> she had nothing. But uh, she's one of the smarter baseball people you'll talk to these days. That's awesome. And when I when I say I that, that, I shouldn't like analytics and like pitches. She doesn't understand, yeah. but she knows baseball operations better than like better than teams like it's it's crazy for, for like my, it to, who, who didn't get to know the game until they were probably an adult yeah like she thought a line drive crazy. was a was any ball hit down the foul line like when <laughs> i was in high school i was like mom but uh but i mean like it, it was like a party trick that like me and all my friends in high school we would do if we ever went to a dinner somewhere and she, my mom was there some of my friends are like oh like tyler can your mom can your mom do the trick and i'm like Mom, who was who was the twenty seventh rounder for the for the Giants in <laughs> in twenty eleven? And she'll just rattle them off. She'll she'll go off on a tangent about it. I'm like, how do you know that? Like, I, I don't need to get your mom on a broadcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell her she she studies she studies the operations. Like, she doesn't even have a Twitter, but she is on Twitter. I constantly <laughs> reading up on what players movements are like she loves to know about it she actually helped negotiate part of my contract when i first signed like Seriously? like when i when i first signed with the rangers like she wasn't happy because the rangers didn't call me or my agent or anyone and uh she called the the <laughs> scouting director and she started negotiating for school money because oh my, my mom is the school one. My dad's yeah. the baseball one. My mom's the school one. She she negotiated for a lot more than I probably should have gotten in school money. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I was embarrassed about that one, but I like I like the story now. <laughs> you can look back on it fondly now. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap up with that anecdote. Tyler, thank you so much for the time. Uh, this was simply fantastic. Uh, and, you know enjoy the off season and uh can't wait to 
hopefully see you back here with the pigs and hopefully in uh Phil's pinstripes. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I did see the new the new uniforms too. And uh you like if them? I am there, I am I am very excited to to wear one. Oh. I was I was upset that you guys didn't call me to ask oh about my the God. jersey. I feel awful. Because I was stoked. That's it's an all-time best jersey. Like the the maroon with the blue. Yes. You can't beat that. Well, we're we're excited to see you so. hopefully in them at some point this season. If we gotta just ship you one anyways, we'll do it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Again, a huge thanks to Tyler for coming on to the podcast today. Like I said, talked to him a lot during the season, so I knew he was going to make for a phenomenal episode here today, but appreciate him giving me uh, and us a huge chunk of time to uh, talk about his 2023 season, his whole career, and what he's looking forward to in 2024. That'll about wrap up uh, today's episode. As always, make sure you hit that like button, that subscribe button as well. And just want to say from me and the entire Iron Pigs organization, thank you so much for everyone's support during the 2023 season and the 15 years of support the Iron Pigs have gotten since debuting back in 2008. We can't wait to see what 2024 has in store, and we can't wait to be able to share that with you once that comes. So this will be our final episode for 2023. With that, we'll say goodbye, maybe good night, and very happy holidays to you and yours. We'll talk to you on the flip side in 2024. Everyone, have a great one, and until next time, this has been the Pig Pod. I've been Sam Jelinek.